I want to I start, you know, we just sung happy birthday to Brendan, and I, I want to I start by some good news that I, I heard just, I think, last week. I heard that some people have been going up to my sister and saying that we look like twins. <laughs> and for her, that's a very bad thing. She does not like that at all. So don't say it to her. But for me, do you know what? I'm like eight years older, so I'm like, yeah, we're twins. Absolutely. I, I'm loving that. Hey, I want, I want to tell you a couple of stories. This morning... Um, I'm reminded of, well, about eight months ago, I get this phone call from Jody. I was at work. Is this blinding? Is that all right, Umesh? Is that not too... Yes, all right. It's okay. I get this phone call. You're going, what's the mirror there? I'm feeling a bit vain this morning. No, you'll get it in a second. So I get this phone call from Jody, and I can tell she's upset. She's agitated and annoyed, and, and, and she says... The garage is flooded, and I'm like, oh no, and she wants me to come home. So I rush home, and I, I get home, and I, I'm there, and I see that garage is completely flooded, and the washing machine, it hasn't overflown from the sink. It's actually started leaking somehow, and it's just completely covered the entire garage. Everything that's sitting on the floor is soaked. It's even started going into the house, and we're like, oh no. So we spent about half an hour cleaning all this stuff up, and as you're doing it, you're getting more angrier and angrier, and already Jody thinks that that washing machine's useless, even though it's a really nice one and costs a lot of money, but she hates it. Now I'm hating it. So you know what I do? I get on the phone and I ring Panasonic and I, I get their help desk and I'm talking to some man and I'm telling him how useless his machine is because it's his machine. It's not my machine. And I'm on the phone here and this guy stays very calm, like he's heard people like me like hundreds of times every day. And I'm telling him what his stupid machine has done and I'm talking about how it's flooded the garage and my wife's so upset and I, I want to change it. And he goes, sir, he very calmly goes, sir, can I ask, did, did one of the you know, items of clothes, clothes rip while you're doing the washing? I said, yeah, it actually did. Oh, sir, I'm, I just want to, and he's very calm. Like, he's really good. And he said, sir, just by any chance, maybe that piece of item got stuck in the door when you closed it, and so it left a gap, and the water just kept flying out the whole time. It was just flowing and flowing the whole washing cycle. I'm, I'm like, getting angry. No, it's your machine. But, but that's exactly what happened. We'd shut the, actually one of Zach's jammies in the door, and so while it was doing its cycle, it, it ripped but of course it let all the water go out. I'm getting angry, I'm wanting to change, but it's not the machine, it's us. And then about a month ago, Jody, we got this stove top, and it keeps playing up, it keeps causing us issues. And every time it plays up, it's got this allo written on the dial there, and and she's getting angry and she wants it fixed and replaced because she has to keep turning it on and off and on and off to get it going. And so I ring up the place on the phone where it's from, and I said, oh, I've got this problem, and I tell them about the story, and they said, oh, sorry, it is just outside of warranty, but they say, oh, if you email this people, all these people, they just might feel sorry for you and sort it out. So I'm halfway through writing this big sob story, you know, on behalf of my wife and telling her how grieved she is, you know, everything, you know, you get the picture, right? I'm doing all of this, and then I just had this idea, how about I just check the manual? So we get the manual out, which hadn't been read at all, you know, surprise, surprise. Why would I read a, you know, the stovetop manual? But anyway, so get the manual out, I'm reading through, and then ALO. ALO stands for child lock. <laughs> so as Jody's using it, because I don't use it, but as Jody's using it, right, she's bumping the switch and causing the child lock to go on. 
And so it stops working. Here we are thinking, stupid machine. <laughs> but no, who's at fault? You know, with the washing machine, with the stove top, it wasn't, the machine wasn't at fault. The user was at fault. We were at fault. And it's true in so many areas of life, the root or the source of the problems that we usually experience aren't external, but internal. More often than not, either we cause the issue ourselves, or when something happens like a little blip on the radar, we turn it into a catastrophe. You know what I'm talking about? I certainly do it with the kids all the time. That's why I have this mirror on stage. Because I want to say that the enemy of your day going perfectly, of your year being astounding, which God is saying it should be, of your marriage being all that it could be, of your children reaching your potential, of your family members who are unsaved getting saved, isn't external, isn't out there. It's actually looking right at you in the mirror. So today, I've titled the message, The Man Dealing with the Man in the Mirror. I don't think any of us want the same old year. We don't want a year the same as last year. We don't want an average year, do we? We want something different. We want something better. We don't want a repeat of what's just happened before. You know, I want to see change in my life. Who's with me on that? Oh, you all want me to change. (laughs) You know, more than we want to change, actually God wants us to change. God wants to do everything he can to see us change. You know, I just want to, I, I feel just to say something this morning, and I don't know who this is for, but I think there's people out here who need to know that God's got your back. That God is your biggest cheerleader. He is rooting for you. He's cheering for you. He's trying to see you go forward and reach your potential. He's there standing beside you and behind you. And he's sorting things out because he's got the best in mind for you. And I I, I really feel that whoever that is, you've got to know God is, is more than supporting you. He is there every moment of every day wishing the best for you. Can I just pray? Is that all right? I don't know who it's for. Father, right now. God, I just pray for revelation. God, a revelation of your support, of your goodness, that you are our heavenly Father, our Daddy, who wants the best for us. God, that's always arranging things, God, so that we can grow and keep going on. God, give us that revelation. God, let us know that this morning. Whoever that's for, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If this year, if your 2018 is going to live up to its potential, we actually have to change. We have to deal with the man or the woman in the mirror. James 1 verse 23 and 24 says, it's on the screens, if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like you're glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself. You see what you're really like. I'm reading between the lines here. You see what God is highlighting that you should be working on or what areas to address And then you walk away and forget what you look like or forget what God has been saying to you through his word. Man, isn't that true? The Bible knows. In one ear, out the other. I'm like that all the time. We just forget. But I know some of you right now are thinking, man, that title sounds familiar. Well, that's because Michael Jackson actually wrote a song called Man in the Mirror. Now, like James shows, this this is a God thought. This isn't Michael Jackson. It's not the king of pop's thought. This is God's idea, but Michael did put some good tunes to it. So why don't you watch the screens? Don't be, that's why I'm starting with me. 
Man, some days I wish I could sing, but I'm not going to because I'd totally butcher that song for everyone this morning. But I'm not sure if Michael Jackson was reading the Bible when he wrote that song, but Romans 12 verse 2 actually makes it really clear. We are meant to be being transformed. We're meant to be being changed. And I feel God has more for us in 2018 than we realized. I know I'm ready for more. Who's with me? We've got so much more, and God keeps saying, this place is too small, but also we're too small. Our thinking is too small. Our expectation for the year is too small. We're, we're thinking too small for what God wants to do in our lives and in our families. You know, we heard last Sunday about our expectation and how we need to be thinking, what does God want to do? You know, God wants us to be on our tippy toes expecting God to break out. We need to be excited about the year. I know I'm so excited about 2018. Are you with me? Hey, let's give God a praise for what he's going to do this year. It's going to be good. So in the words of Michael Jackson, I'm starting with the man or the woman in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Take a look at ourselves. Why don't you turn to the neighbor and say, you have to change. No, 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 that's actually wrong. No, no, that's not right. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, I have to change. See, the issue isn't with the stovetop or the washing machine or with your boss or with your pastor or group leader or with your children. The place to start is with ourselves. Now, I know none of you want to hear that this morning, but who knows? It's the truth, right? It's the truth. I mean, what was the main issue stopping me from passing my exams? It wasn't how thick I am or as my niece would tell you the fact that I can't spell to save myself. It was my desire to study over my desire to play sport or watch TV. That's what gets in the way. What's stopping us from reading our Bible? It's not the lack of sleep or too much work to do or the kids or whatever excuse you find. It's your own desires or the wrong priorities that are distracting us. Who or what is stopping you from exercising? It's a good question. I mean, the list could go on. Who or what is stopping you from praying for your loved ones to get saved? Have a think about it. Some of you may be saying, it's the devil. But according to Romans 7 or Proverbs 9, most of the time, we do it to ourselves. Your desires, our human nature, our apathy or lack of self-control is what is stopping us from fulfilling all that God has planned for our lives. You know, some days I look in the mirror and I say, mirror, mirror on the wall. No, not who's the fairest of them all. Because it'll just turn around and say, are you blind? No. Some days, and maybe you like me, you turn around and say, mirror, mirror on the wall. Am I doing any good at all? And today I want to be honest. I haven't come here to condemn anyone, and I know God certainly hasn't. But the truth is, we are all humans. We've got flesh, we've got desires, and 
And, and yet we're meant to be being changed, like 2 Corinthians 3, from glory to glory. We're meant to be going further on. So let's go back to this Iron Men's group. And, and what did this American guy say? Well, he said, I want, he was talking about the paradoxes of Scripture, the paradoxes in the Bible. And you're like, what's a paradox? Well, a paradox is something that seems absurd or crazy or contradictory. And yet when you look into it, it actually might just be true. It's just like the Bible says, it's better to give than to receive. What? No, it shouldn't be the other way around. No, it is actually better to give than to receive. What about how Jesus told us to be a leader or to lead? You have to serve. Aren't they opposites? But that's how it works. For me, the greatest paradox of Christianity is the cross. You know, the Romans, they see the cross and they think of torture, they think of death, they think of pain, they, they, they know it's so, so agonizing and so bad that they wouldn't let any citizen die on that cross. And yet when you and I see a cross, what do we think of? We think of life, we think of salvation, we think of forgiveness of sins, and we celebrate it. But how can a cross of death be a cross of life? And that is one of the great paradoxes of Scripture. Death leads to life. John 12, 24 says, Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So why don't you turn in your Bibles now to Luke 9, verse 23. Some of you have to get your phones out, but I think we actually need to see the Scriptures sometimes. It's going to be on the screens, but I like seeing it in the Word. And this is what it says. Luke 9, 23. Then he, Jesus, said to them, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What does that mean? How do I die? Do I really have to die? What does denying really look like? Do I need to carry a cross around every day? I mean, it doesn't quite make sense. And I feel some of us, and I know I've it's been true of me. You find verses like this in the Bible, and you kind of like just put them to, so- to the side because you're not quite sure what does that really mean? What does it mean to carry a cross around every day? How does, how does it work? Now, I heard about one person say, well, I deny myself by not having sugar in my coffee, and so I'm taking up my cross every day for Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even have sugar in my coffee. And that's not because Jesus has asked me. That's not denying yourself. See, in these passages found in both in Matthew and in Luke, Jesus is speaking to the disciples, but he doesn't actually explain it because he knows that once they see Jesus die on the cross and then rise again get three days later, that they will understand. But you know what they do know? Right at that time when Jesus was telling them this, they know what it means to carry a cross because back in those times, Outside every Jewish city or or settlement, there was this place where there'd be crosses. Well, not really crosses, just big posts of wood that were sticking out of the ground. And when the Romans sentenced somebody to death, they had to carry the cross part from the place where they were sentenced all the way to that place. They'd carry that cross on their back, then they'd get put up, just like Jesus did. Then they'd get put up on the cross, and they'd they'd get crucified. So they knew what it meant to carry the cross, and what it meant, and where they were going. But... How can this be true? Because Jesus yet says in John 10 verse 10 that God wants us to have life and have it more abundantly. 3 John 1 
says that God wants us to prosper and be successful in life. You know, the prophecies that are coming here for Church Unlimited are amazing. You know, leave me astounded. This place is too small. How can God be telling me to tell you we need to die? And yet we're hearing at the same time, there's more coming. It's like, it's a paradox, isn't it? It's like, it doesn't quite make sense. You know, blessing and favor, open doors, enlargement, that is for us. Not just for the church, that's for you and for me. And that's what God wants to do this year. And I want to tell you, it comes through dying. It comes through denying yourself. It's a paradox, but it's worth going there. If you look at Luke 9, verse 23 in the New Living Translation, it makes it a little bit clearer for us to understand. If any of you wants to be my followers, you must turn from your selfish ways. You must turn from the man in the mirror and take up your cross daily and follow me. We are all humans. We, are, we have all got desires. We all just want to look after, number one, the man or the woman in the mirror. And Jesus isn't saying, hey, remove things from your life. What he's saying is, is deny your selfish desires. Deny looking after, number one. And this is why I think it's God's greatest strategy for success. He's telling us, hey, if you are willing to just stop doing a few things, if you're willing to say no to a few things, we're going to see great things happen. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 31 says, Paul says, I die daily. Can I be honest? This year I want to look back at 2018 with a smile on my face, not grudgingly, and say, actually, I have died every day. And you're like, how can you die every day? Well, actually, it's, it's just about choosing to say no to yourself. Philippians 1 verse 21 says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because if we do that, there's so much more waiting for us. Die to live is deny, denying the wants and the desires. It's removing self from the center and putting God there. And then putting others in that place. Not just once, but every day of this year. Let's use the example of Jonah. Okay, you think of Jonah? So God's speaking to Jonah and tells Jonah, hey, Jonah, you're anointed. I want you to go over to that city, Nineveh. I know you don't like them, but I want you to go over there and I want you to tell them to repent and I'm going to see revival break out. Now, of course, if we're like Jonah, we're going to go, absolutely, God, you've just spoken to me. I'm going to Nineveh. But no, Jonah didn't want to do, that wasn't in his plan. That wasn't in his you know, life plan to go to Nineveh. So he goes that way. On the boat, he goes that way. He, he wasn't willing to just deny his will a little bit because God had something better. So he went that way. And what happened? He went through a storm, and then he got gobbled up by a smelly fish, and then he got puked out on the sea, and he still did it. But all it took was just saying, no, okay, I'll do what you want me to do, God. And honestly, that wasn't that much dying, was it? I mean... I think if we're honest, if Jesus actually spoke audibly to us, we'd probably go, yep, I'll do it. Actually, Jesus is just speaking to somebody right now. I can hear it. <laughs> Better ask him, what's he saying to do? You know, just think about the disciples in Matthew 26. This is just a crazy story. So here's Jesus in flesh. You've got to see this. This is Jesus in flesh. He turns to the disciples. Guys, I need to go and pray. I want you to pray here. I want you to pray here. So he goes off. And he goes to a quiet place and prays. He comes back, and what are they doing? They're asleep. But catch this. He goes, wake up, tells them to pray again. 
He goes a second time, comes back, they're asleep. Three times they fall asleep. We wouldn't be like that, would we? No, we wouldn't fall asleep when Jesus asks us to pray. We're humans, but that's dying. It's just the same as, you know, when we should be sleeping because we're tired and we need the energy to get up in the morning and spend some time with God. All of a sudden, Facebook or Instagram is just calling out for us, you know, and it's midnight, we're still, you know what I'm talking about? It's just like when we should be spending time with our children, and yet all our flesh wants us to do is sit on the couch and watch TV. Or what about when we should be meditating on Scripture, and all of a sudden there's this desire to clean a room, or, or this desire to go and mow the lawns. You, you, you know what I mean? There's, all of a sudden there's just these fleshly desires, and they don't have to come from the devil. It's just what's in here. You know, if, if I'm honest, when I was preparing this message, Jody had started looking at some photos for the kids, and all of a sudden I had this burning desire to sort out photo albums. I'm like, I haven't had that desire for years. Where does it come from? Because our flesh wants to do what we want to do, not what God wants us to do. You know, when we should be focusing on our work, you know, at, at work and being a good example, all of a sudden we've just got this burning desire to check trade me or, to, or even worse, to go on Candy Crush or whatever the latest crazy game on our phones are. Or, or we just start daydreaming about nothing for half an hour. Now, none of you are like that, are you? No, no, not at all. It's like when we know the Scripture is telling us to turn our eyes away from the wrong things and not look at lustful things, and we know we should be doing it, we know it's good that we don't do it, and yet everything inside of us is just fighting to look at the thing or watch that thing, and, and that's the flesh. And just saying no to that, that's what denying or, or dying to self is. It's choosing to read instead of just turning on the sport or any TV for that matter. You know, what I've found while I've been on this journey this year of die to live is that as I deal with myself, as I deal with the man in the mirror, it's not the sin that needs to be sorted out. It's not the big wrong things. It's the little things. It's the little things that are getting in the way of me experiencing all that God's got for me. Now, Jody would say I've got a long way to go in this area, but one thing that is... I'm always challenged about is you get home from work and all of a sudden you just got to send a text or you got to finish off an email or there's somebody needy in the church that you need to ring. It's like that can all wait. Just because I want to do it to get it out of the way, what's more important in that moment? It's family time. See, none of it's wrong. It's just what's the right thing to do in that time and saying no to what I want to do and saying yes to what the right thing is to do. Dying a little causes a change. To die to self is to set aside what I want to do in that moment and focus instead on what God wants to do. You know, everything within me wants to do what I want to do, but we know what's right. Look at Matthew 22. It makes it very clear. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first thing, great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is what dying to self is. That's the revelation that I've found. It's not bad to die a little. It's actually a good thing because it leads to life, to a much happier life. It leads to a much more fulfilled day. 
a much more successful week that leads to a better year just by saying no to me, just by saying no to the man in the mirror. Now here, just imagine this, okay? You've got King David. King David, he's up on the roof. He, we know he should be at war, but let's just imagine this. He's on the roof. I don't know why he's on the roof, but anyways, he's on the roof. And he looks out, and who does he see? He sees Bathsheba, and she looks amazing. Now, what did he have to do in that moment? All he had to do was die a little to himself. Now, I want to say it's not dying at all, but all he had to do was die to himself, look there and go, oh, I shouldn't be looking there, go downstairs off the roof and go and kiss one of his six wives that he had. (laughs) I mean, six wives. That's not dying. That's just going, oh, I see that, and I've got better downstairs. I mean, come on. This is, that's not dying. But that's exactly what happened. His, his flesh saw something that he wanted, and that caused a whole series of events to happen. And I want to say, that's not even dying. I mean, I've got one wife, and that's fantastic. You don't need more. But you, you know what I'm talking about? It's, the, it's just choosing to do the right thing, not what... Your flesh is just desiring right at that moment. Now, God knows that our flesh is weak. God knows that we're all human. And that's why I love 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, which says, God will never test you. God will never test us beyond what we can handle. God's grace is available, and we can say no to ourselves. In dying to self, we actually find genuine life by God helping us. And you know what? The Bible makes it really clear, and I love this. God has got life, a a better life, far beyond what you've stopped to dream or imagine. That's what God's got available to you, but it starts with saying no to the man in the mirror. And it actually makes life a lot easier. You know why? Because the focus goes off me, it goes off you, and to what God is saying and to the other people around us. You know, it's just the same in relationships. Just think about this. If we stop the focus on me and start thinking about other people, if we're willing to die a little to ourselves, all of a sudden it makes a massive difference to our family. It makes a difference to our workplace or even our school. It certainly brings a lot more joy and ease and fun in the home and around mealtimes if you're not just focused on yourself all the time. It's even simple things like when somebody says something a little harsh, or they question you in front of other people, if you just die to yourself a little bit and don't say anything, it makes the whole situation easier, but it makes your life better. And that's what God is saying. I want to finish with this thought here. And now, me first, materialistic culture, when we hear die to live, what do you focus on? Die. That's what we, we focus on the word die. We're going, die. And we're like, no way, I'm not dying. I want to live, and I want it my way, and I want to do it my way. But look at Matthew 7, verse 14. Narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. There is few who find it. You know, if you talk to anyone who's been successful, you talk to any successful sportsman, you know what they're going to tell you? Hey, I had to sacrifice. I had to give up a little bit. But man, isn't it worth it now? You know, if you talk to your future self, your future self will be saying, don't focus on the die, focus on the live. Focus on what's there, and that's the process. Die to live. Die a little bit to live a lot. That's what you want to hear this morning. This morning, die a little to live a lot. 
You know, you think about any successful businessman. They've had to say no to a whole lot of stuff to get the best, to get what God has got waiting for you. Because this year is going to be amazing if you choose to say no to a few things. We've got to focus on the end goal. Yes, denying to yourself isn't easy. And I do just, I just want to really say this. Hey, look, sometimes there's stuff that's happening out there, and I'm not talking about the really big things this morning, but it's the little things. It's turning off the TV. It's, it's stopping the games on the phone or whatever for the sake of better things. You know, just like for me, it's turning off the phone and focusing on the kids, focusing on the family. No one else can do that. And it's not a sin, sending an email, but it's choosing the right thing. It's the right thing at the right time. Now, in the words of Michael Jackson, if we want our world to be a better place, then we have to look in the mirror and make a change. Because what we want, what our flesh wants, and flesh desires, isn't always the best for us. The Bible says very clearly Die a little to live a lot. Let's look at Matthew 10, verse 39 in the Living Translation. It makes it really clear. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. That's what God is saying this morning. He's saying he's got so much more. In the Message Translation, if your first concern, which it often is, let's be honest, is to look after yourself, you will never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look at me, you'll find both yourself and Jesus. Wow, what an amazing promise. You know, just right now, I want to ask everyone to stand. Because right now, God is speaking. God is speaking really clearly and really personally about little areas where you have to die a little to live a lot. So I want right across this room, I want everyone just to close their eyes. See, because in this moment, God's going to put something, put an area, put something little in your, in your mind and saying, that area, I can make it change this year. I can change me. And that's going to lead to so much more. Maybe, maybe it's on a Thursday night. You know, when you've had a long day at work, you're still going to choose to deny your desire to go home and sit and do nothing but come to a prayer meeting. Maybe it's when you get home from work and all you want to do is just sit and and do nothing, but you're going to choose every week or fortnight to get along to a small group. Maybe it's that you're actually going to sacrifice a, a TV program for the sake of reading your Bible. What is God saying to you? What what is that thing? What is it that you need to say no to? You need to look in the mirror and say no and put God at the center. Let others be the focus of your life and not always just what you want, what I want. Man, I really feel God's presence right here. You know, God is here right now. I love the fact that God is prophesying so much to us as individuals and to us as a church. And He's showing us how by just saying no to a few things will lead to such a greater life. Man, I can feel God's presence here right now. 
I want us to sing Jesus at the center. Let's put him at the center. Let's make that our focus of our year. So let's, let's sing as a declaration, as a desire in our heart.